Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Everybody Loves Tom. Later on today, we're going to be talking to my friend, one of my BFFs ever in my life, Kyle Chan, great jewelry designer. I'm sure you've seen him on the show many times. He's also been on Bling Empire and other things as well. Really excited to talk to him uh, about his Gold Bar Whiskey collaboration, as well as our history together. But before that, I would like to introduce my friend, as well as my fellow bandmate of The Most Extras, the drummer and producer of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Jason Bader. Hello, Tom. What's up, Jason? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yeah, of course. We're doing the podcast. We're doing, we're doing the podcast. We've been talking about it for a long time. We have. We and have. we're doing it. We're doing it. We will be doing, you know, recaps of, of episodes of Vanderpump Rules, mm-hmm. um, as well as the upcoming uh, Special Forces show that I was on. Um, I was lucky to be on. I mean, I'm so excited for that. I'm really excited also for our Patreon subscribers because we'll be doing recaps of Season 11 Vanderpump Rules as well as the upcoming season of Special Forces and other things. We'll definitely dive into that, especially, yeah, you know, this uh, this first episode, you know, really want to sort of, you know, I feel like in this past six months or so, you know, the narrative of my life has been more sort of written by everyone else. Um and so I would really just like to clear some things up, um, talk about some things that I've learned throughout this whole experience, um, steps that I've taken to really sort of better myself and try to use, you know, this whole situation as as a positive in some way, you know, in, in, in any possible way, um, because I... I feel like in any situation, whether it's failure or loss, you know, you can really sort of try and, and take something from it. And I think you have already. Yeah. Just, just, you know, and I've been someone who's seen you through this whole time and seen you evolve and grow. And one thing that I am super proud of you for and have bragged about you to a lot of people is that you have been sober since what how long has it been so far well i haven't drank um since i believe it was april 4th or 5th yeah i mean that's that's really awesome yeah and i know right before that you were you know it was really a tough time for you and you were going really hard yes and and it's amazing and you kind of did it on your own yeah all on your own yeah i didn't i didn't really tell a lot of people during the process i think that's kind of helps um also you know quit smoking cigarettes i was um i was kind of the point where i was just like chain smoking cigarettes and (laughs) drinking all day every day you know as as soon as i got done working out i'd start drinking yeah yeah like if i wasn't working out i was drinking if i wasn't drinking i was working out yeah and i and this was because we went on tour um early may and i remember thinking all right well you know he he'll maybe stop before the tour because i know when we're on tour it's easy to drink and smoke yeah of like the grueling schedule and not really sleeping and the nerves the nerves especially it's i'll tell you what going on stage especially that had to be that had to be one of the biggest challenges was like you know getting on stage 
and performing, especially in the wake of all of this, not knowing how people are going to, you know, respond to this, if people are going to throw shit. I Which mean, they did. <laughs> they, we kind of knew. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, before I went on stage, it was pretty much like at least three shots, three beers, just to like, just to calm my nerves. Oh, uh, yeah. To, you know, and that's normal. That was pre-scandal. Oh, yeah. I mean, on our rider, we would have, and not just for you. I mean, we have a big band. Yes. But we would have three, on our rider, three bottles of liquor. Yeah. You know. Whiskey, whiskey vodka, vodka, tequila. Tequila. We would have, and we'd probably, and we usually, we would bring our own. Uh, yeah, Good Lovin'. Tom's Good Lovin'. Tom's Good And we would have shots in the green room before we'd go on. Then we'd have our own. We'd have good... at least two cases of beer, a case of oh. seltzers. Oh, yeah. Um, then we'd pre- prepare just for you, your own, <laughs> like, correct, like, your own bucket of beers for the stage. <laughs> yes. Just for the stage. Yeah. And, you know, you'd go through those, you know, <laughs> you know, popping them. Yeah. Yeah, so... Kicking them over. Yeah. <laughs> Kicked over so many beers. Yeah, by accident. But for you to go and do the, this whole tour, and it was a pretty gnarly tour. Almost all of May we were on the road. Yeah. And we had a lot of amazing shows, but we had some really, you know, rowdy crowds, some really amazing supportive people. Yeah. But some really not supportive people who came to the shows just to disrupt and to be there to show how angry they were. And to, um, I think a lot of people be not great. Yeah, what what really sucked too was seeing people like be really mean to the fellow band members. Yes, like that's Maddie that used to get me a, the most. Maddie the used most. to get it really bad, and I'm like, what yeah. the fuck, man? Like uh, our our female singer. Yeah, Maddie, she's so great. Such a no, that would amazing, kill, that kills me. Beautiful person. Yeah, and an incredible singer. Incredible, and an incredible singer. person. Yeah. Such a great, so much great energy, and and she would get heckled on beyond belief. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, But one thing that I did notice, you know, obviously a lot of people thought I was like, you know, living some sort of like rock star life or whatever, you know, living out my dreams. And I know Schwartz and other people were confused about that, but obviously, you know, I had to make money. I was supposed to shoot Winter House at one point, that fell through. Obviously, endorsements stopped coming in, uh, <laughs> and so I had to tour. Um, you know, at that point, I think I. So, just to give people a little bit of context, you know, Scandal all happened in early March. We had already booked a, a tour from early May, and by this point, we had to. We really didn't have a choice. We, we. I mean, I guess we did have the choice to cancel. Almost, I mean, how many shows did we do? Almost 20 shows in May. We had that choice, but... We would have been blacklisted. We would have been... There would be no more band. No more band. That You can't do that. No. You I mean, cannot our, do that in the industry. Our booking like, agents would have dropped us. All these venues would have never hired us again. And also to the thousands of fans who came out to the show who genuinely wanted to come out and see us, who got babysitters for the night, who spent the money to buy these tickets... I think they would have been really bummed out. I mean, we were all over the country. We went to some towns and cities that don't get a lot of acts that come through. We went to we we go to a lot of um, people don't realize this. We don't go to a lot of major. We go to a lot of major cities, but we also go to a lot of suburbs. Like we're always like yeah, we're kind of like we're on like, the outskirts, like in the middle of nowhere, kind of. But we those are our favorite places to go visit. They are. They are. Yeah. They're usually like the best people. Yes. They're the most appreciative. They're the most yeah. fun. 
Yeah, because so, I mean, you know, it's kind of like L.A. You know, you can go see, you know, anybody. all these big comedians. You best can of the you best. Know, spend like thirty bucks and go see like, you know, Chris Rock, Chris Rock, yeah, yeah like Arsenio Hall, like yeah. and Dave Chappelle shows up sometimes. <laughs> yeah. but, like if you were to go try to like see them in these smaller cities, it's like you know, two hundred dollar tickets, and that's kind of like how it is with us. Like yeah. you know, it's 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 hard to you know book shows and, and and also the commitment to the band yeah yeah i mean the, the we tour with a lot of people not just we have a nine person band yeah plus our crew these people they rely on the tour to keep them going yes you know, including myself i mean every people we yeah you got a lot of people I mean, I who was rely on you including very, you too yeah at i that was point. definitely you know relying on it and and you know i at one point i know we did like 10 or uh, eight shows in 10 days yeah yeah it was in eight different grueling. cities and it was really really grueling i mean we didn't have we don't have a tour bus we're like in a sprinter <laughs> van yeah you know driving like, a u-haul with all of our equipment behind you guys yeah 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 you, you always drove the u-haul did a great job with that man yeah hey that's what i'm there for <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i always i always thought whenever i see um people on like these vanderpump groups or on you know social media making fun of you for paying the band for you know being in the band or something like how they kind of like poked fun at you last season for this oh. for like you pay your bandmates and they thought like that's weird or like they made fun of you for that no. but it's like no that's that's what you do what do you do what, so do you think Bruce Springsteen doesn't pay like the East Street band yeah what, what do you think how do you think these people make money yeah you know these are these are people who went to music school who are inf- phenomenal musicians, why wouldn't you pay them? That's how, yeah. Do these people not get paid by their bosses or people who hire them to do their professionals? Yeah, of course. And so I, I commend you for that. I, no, I mean, I, that's one thing. I mean, <laughs> when, when we got this band going, I mean, you did a hell of a job. You and Colin, our musical director. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you guys did a really good job of just keeping this really professional. And Yeah. Because, you know, the previously... With bands I've had, you know, the thing that's been always lacking is the professionalism, the drive, the, you know, recording, the getting the content together to put it out there. And then it ends up like never going anywhere. And, you know, it's like wasted years, wasted hours. Um, I wasted so much time in previous bands. And that's one of the reasons why I was reluctant to even ever do music again. So you were saying at that time, going on tour was less you living your rock star dream and more of a financial commitment yeah. to people, but also an, uh, it was necessary for yourself. Yes. And, uh, and honestly, I think that, you know, quitting the drinking, you know, and um, going on tour, like it, it might've actually saved my life. You know, like I can't imagine being cooped up cause I couldn't go anywhere at the time, you know, being cooped up in a place, uh, not having not being able to do anything just wallowing in misery yeah you know and at that point you know uh rachel had and honestly that's one of the reasons why i stopped drinking i stopped drinking the day that she went into uh the meadows Mm -hmm. yeah i remember um those were very dark days i remember because we had a show the day this whole thing was broke by tmz or whoever Friday, we had a show with Yali Crew, our buddies Yali Crew in Anaheim. And I remember we stayed over in Anaheim. I remember dropping you off at your house. 
And it was, those were dark, dark days. Really dark days. And I remember... There's nowhere you, I could go. I still no. have paparazzi outside my house. Yeah, you literally do. But I remember... It's been six months. <laughs> still have paparazzi outside oh, my house. And you probably will for a while longer. That's crazy. And I, months ago, I remember people like, this will blow over. Oh. This will blow oh, over. Oh, I mean, hearing people, it got, it got a little frustrating to hear people be like, ah, Tom, just give it a week. Just give it a week. The There'll next be a new, new thing. cycle. There'll be a new thing next week. It's fine. I'm like, no, it's not going anywhere, guys. It's not going anywhere. No. Oh my god. And what? It was, just, it, it, was it was crazy. I, I will say though, you know, going out on tour though, I felt like it was really a good and important move to get out there and reconnect with fans of the sh- of the show because I know people too. Yeah. They came out to sort of like see what was what was going on with the band to, to to witness the band for the first time but also just to like be a part of it be a part of the the historical scandal of it all i think there was yeah and they and they came out some people came out to hate but then ended up yeah. like you know when i would go out because I, I would go out and make sure and take pictures with every single person yeah that came and i think just being out there and just being you know nice authentic open like with people really sort of like, oh, this this guy is an actual human being and not just some sort of evil, you know, demonic character in a movie, you know? Like, yeah, and my favorite part was looking out and seeing the people in the crowd who were wearing, and I would say most of the people who came to those shows on tour wore t-shirts that were not very nice to you. I mean, they were funny, <laughs> kind of, but were really not nice. I mean, every name in the book, you know, <laughs> evil, worm with a mustache, really scumbag and shithead, all the stuff. Yeah. But, but what I loved seeing was those people in the crowd dancing the hardest, Yeah, you know, wanting to, you know, put their hand on your hand, but then also they would wait after the shows for sometimes an hour to get a picture with you. So those yeah. same... And they were really nice, too. They were really nice. But also, I got to say, y- you were really nice to take a picture with them. If somebody wore a t-shirt with my face on it that said, like, fuck Jason Bader, I don't know if I would take a picture <laughs> with them, yet alone with 30 of those people. And every night, you did that. Wow. That has got to say something about you, Tom. <laughs> well, I, you know, I hate, I've always hated when people judge me for what I wear, so I didn't want to judge them for what they wear, you know? Yeah, I guess you're right. But I got to say, after those people, I feel like that was the connection they that maybe they needed. Yeah, I think it really helped. And also, I did notice that people, and I understand this, like, yeah. I lost a lot of friends yeah. in this whole situation, and it was, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's not easy to be my friend right now and it definitely wasn't back then no way you know it's it's you people just yeah everybody from you billy kyle you know these people like just would just be seen with me and and just get so much hate i mean so much hate and uh it was it was really sad to me but you know so i would understand and this was something that would i would see people doing is they would come and they would have a great time at the show you know rocking out, dancing, singing along. And then like, they would just post like one quick video of them like, 
you know, with their phone out, like flipping off the, yeah, the yeah, stage, yeah. just being like, we did not have fun. We oh, came yeah. here <laughs> to troll Tom, and that's what we did the entire time. Yeah, they would a, just get that quick video of yeah, them like I, this. It's <laughs> like, yeah, fuck you, Tom. I know. They, and then they're like, finish singing the song. Like, Because <laughs> what ends up happening a lot, too, that a lot of these people don't realize is the, all of these people who come out who are your fans and who love you and who are there to just have a good time and not want to deal with the drama of that. Yeah, they just want they, to lose themselves. Yeah, they end up being like... Take that shit down. What are you doing? They end up fighting. There are arts. There are a lot of fights that are yes. between like the pro Tom people and the anti Tom people, which we don't want. We no, don't encourage no. that. But then like there are fights in the venues that obviously these people who like run the venues and the security don't want. We don't want it. No. You guys don't want it's it. Disruptive, so it's like it's, yeah. it's disruptive to you guys. So it's I don't know. It's just it's no fun for anybody. Who wants that? Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, I'm excited to bring Kyle on. Yeah, me too. Um, he's gonna. He actually made a an amazing uh, old fashioned, and he's gonna show us the recipe that actually landed him Woo. the gold bar collaboration. So I'm amazing. really excited to do that. We're gonna be having a lot of cocktails on. You know, everybody loves Tom, and so uh, this will be. This is the first one. We have a very special guest, one of my best friends, the amazing and talented Cal Chan, <laughs> the jewelry designer for the stars. Yay! Welcome. Thank you. Thank Dude, you. Thank you so much for being on our uh, first episode here. It is my honor and it's exciting and it's nerve wracking a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it always is with me. I'm going to make you my infamous old fashioned. Um, that is the drink that I managed to score the deal with um, Gopa Whiskey. We could give this a name. What would we name this? I would name it the Kyle Chan Gold Rush Old Ooh, Whiskey. Like, yeah. Old fashioned. The Kyle Chan Gold <laughs> Rush Old Fashioned. Yep. All right. I love it. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Something tells me that we shouldn't be drinking and doing podcasts. No, this <laughs> is may, great. You might slip, you know? <laughs> Um, no, this is this is what we want. We want we want people to be comfortable, candid. Um, casual, candid. Okay. You know, um, I've gotten some of the biggest trouble um, on any podcast when I have drinks. <laughs> well, I told you so, and you never listen. <laughs> you just like to do your own thing. So when is this? Uh, when is this supposed to hit the market? Um, should be November. November. Yeah, November should be ready. So a lot of people actually missed the epic party in San Francisco. It was such a great party. <laughs> um, you know, Sheena performed. Uh, you know, with good uh, as gold. The twenty sevens. Yeah, you had a good <laughs> as gold. And then you got tons of press because there was a uh, a, a fight or yes. like a little uh, that you somehow got yourself involved. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, so explain this, yourself. I see this guy running away <laughs> from a way bigger guy, and <laughs> and I'm like, and the and the bigger guy is going after you know the guy who threw the glass of wine and um, which was great. I got wine slung all over me, um, and then somebody, this guy's just like walking after. I'm like, like I'm gonna, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, it was. It was. I didn't know what was going on at yeah. that time because I didn't see that one of the guys had a ear piece in. Yeah. So I didn't know if he was like security or what. I just 
thought maybe two people were. So I immediately jumped in to sort of like separate yeah, them. Up, yeah. And then I saw that this guy actually was security. And then the, uh, the other guy that was causing the issue, whatever, he picked up a chair and uh, I, you know, went to grab the chair and then somebody else grabbed him and pulled him out. Um, and I just started to make sure that he had control of the guy. I think the guy was just more worried about getting away from the big dude who was yeah. obviously going to destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Kyle, is that, is, there a, is that somebody that you invited to the party? <laughs> well, um, I actually, he, he is one of my customers' husband. Okay. And I've only met them in a professional setting. And they, they were both like really nice people. And um, I actually warned Goba Whiskey. I said, well, um, since it's open bar and we're only serving whiskey, I'm not trying to justify what he did. But I think people get carried away when they see the cameras around yes. and seeing all the cast member. And on top of that, it's the season finale. Yeah. So I think that he might have more than, you know, his normal yeah. alcohol. It, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a short party either. Yes. You know, these like... They a, came in like a day before, like two, three days ahead of time probably because it's a long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So I think he's quite intoxicated. I've seen him like getting really drunk already. And, and at one point, my James, my, uh, my partner James, um, escorted him out already and saying, do you need water or whatever? But then he seemed like he got a hold of himself again and went back to the party. And I just didn't, we weren't aware of all of these things happening. Well, until. I mean, there were hundreds of people there. Yeah. <laughs> so It was so crazy. You but, can't tag um, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny that people think you staged this and I'm like, oh, nobody wanted to. You can't pay me that money to like, to like do that to myself. Yeah. I, I no. can't. Well, people were messaging me the video saying like, oh my God, somebody attacked Tom. What happened? Or somebody thought you were fighting that person. That's what I, it looked like on that video. Well, the, you know, they got a, the headlines always sound better. Tom involved in fight right, at course. season finale. Yeah. yeah. Or Tom uh, gets physical, you know. It's you know. They but it gotta, clearly looked like you were trying clicks. to de-escalate. Yeah, what I was just going I on. when I jumped in, I was like, dude, this guy is gonna destroy this dude. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the security guy was just he was huge. We don't agree with what he does, but people seem to think that we endorse it. No, we don't. No, I'm you not, guys were kicking my ass. Yeah, I'm like, doors. I'm smarter than that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I think like there's a disconnect between supporting your friend who you don't agree with their you know the decisions they made but still supporting your friend your best friend yeah and you know but still being there to support them well um, i think there's one thing that people don't really see because when you're shunned by the entire country and then you get hate every single person on earth thinks that because you're on reality tv show so they're entitled to trash you and you brought this up on yourself. And then on top of that, even your family is afraid to hang out with you because they don't the, the trolls don't only go after you. They go after your restaurant, they go after the people that you see. If you go to I a hair had salon. Un, I had to untag and delete pictures yeah. of me and my brother. Yeah. You want to support um, your hair hair guy and they'll be like, don't attack me pretend yeah. you're not here it, it, it's not an easy thing to do and i've seen that like you're living like a fugitive life and 
It was really crazy living like, I, I mean, it really was like living like a fugitive. Like the feeling of like being wanted for like a triple homicide, like not being able to go anywhere, being followed, being harassed, uh, just relentlessly anything I did. I mean, like if, you know, there were, if I was pictured with any girl, it's like we're having sex. Um, like Billy would come over to like do laundry. She'd come over at like one in the afternoon. They'd be like, Billy spends the night again. <laughs> me and you walking to Foxfire <laughs> room with Tyler out. and they cut out you and Tyler they to cut just show me and us. Billy. Yeah, it's like, you know. It was just... entertaining for us though. We thought it was funny. Oh man, <laughs> it was crazy. Like at one point I didn't, dude, I didn't shower for like, and didn't change my clothes for almost a week. Which oh, I can all black, it. I remember. Yes. <laughs> Dude, it was, I was so gross. The funeral, the funeral stage. Yeah, I just remember like the, it's like the Johnny Cash stage, I remember. Yeah. Just, you were in black like all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Man. Well, yeah, so people think that, oh, it's like you deserve it, blah, blah, blah. Living in that kind of like, environment for one day it's hard not to talk about two days three days for a whole week and then you can't go anywhere you can't post anything you can't talk to anybody there's nobody and putting your money the way cut off the way you make money cut off everything that you have it's literally a lot of people don't see that it's a serious thing but i think it is like literally forcing a person to end their life it's it's it a very sticky situation. It did get really, uh, it did get really dark. I remember when I got back from tour was like specifically a really, really hard uh, day. Um, I remember it was, um, you know, I was on. We were just finishing the second leg of our tour. It was when we did those like eight, eight shows in ten days. I hadn't slept, and I came back, and uh, I remember like. Ariana was shooting a thing for like Duracell. Oh yeah, the battery commercial. And it's like, you know, there's like people at my house, the, sm the fire alarm's going off in my house. My assistant Ann is like helping them per like put together like all their shot, like, like cleaning up and helping stage stuff for them. And you know, here there's this ad being shot that's directly, you know, poking fun at me. Yeah. And that makes me, everything that makes me me, you know. Um, and then, like, you know, that same day, Kyle, you sent me this thing where, like, uh, that, <laughs> yes. like. I didn't know it was on the same day. <laughs> I didn't know that was happening. Sweet Lady Jane is, like, uh, Sandoval's a liar selling cakes for yeah. $400. Let's say Sandoval's a liar. Bring this to your next so party. Cute. Um, but yeah, that was, that was rough. I was like, and then I remember Kyle, like I just, I was in such a, had to do with being sleep deprived as well. But you know, yeah. when you get, when you get into that space mentally, um, I never understood. I remember, I remember I, I, I'll never forget this. Like I went to the Grove and I, I was a huge Linkin Park fan. You know where this is going. Uh, huge Linkin Park fan, and I saw Chester uh, at the Grove. He was there. He seemed happy, or I don't know. He just was animated, energetic on the phone. And I saw him. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Chester!" Like, literally days later, he would he had died. He, he had you know killed himself. 
And I couldn't, I could never understand why. But when you get into that, you know, headspace, it's like, it's a, it's a domino effect. Like it just, your world starts collapsing on itself and you cannot see outside of your feelings. You can't, you, your peripheral goes away. Your sense of like thinking about future, think about like, oh, come on. Like you can't, like your ability to snap out of it goes away. And, um, there were some times where I was, you know, felt very, very close. And, uh, I'm just so, so glad that like I was, I had you, I had, you know, was able to, Billy came over that day. I think she took me to a comedy show to like get me out of it. Was it funny? Um, yeah, it was all right. (laughs) (laughs) It was okay. But there was just so much. I mean, also during that time, you know, uh, Rachel was away and, you know, I like, she, you know, initially when all that stuff went down, like we were obviously talking to each other all the time and we, um, you know, and then she went away to that facility and I kind of was like at her beck and call in a sense, cause you can, you know, she got rid of, couldn't, couldn't have her phone in there, no, no access to anything. And so I had to wait for her call, which can only happen maybe twice, once a day. And so when I would get that call from her, it would be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, but I was constantly waiting there. And then, you know, some days I like wouldn't get that call and it would, you know, it would really affect my mood. And I remember there was a, we'd be on the road, like we're touring and I'm just like waiting. I'm like, you know, even at band practice, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to probably get a call maybe between this maybe time and this check. time. Yeah. Sound check yeah. or whatever. And, uh, and then sometimes it's like a week, you know, would go by or a few days and it just would, it would just, it killed me. Yeah. It was. When was the last time you spoke to her? Mm. It was like the end of June. Well, I feel like she needed help and she's getting the help that she might think she wanted. If that's what make her feel better and this is what she's doing, then so be it. Because the only way for people to learn is they're going to do what they think is right for them at that moment. And then they're going to look back five years and 10 years from now and then they go, I should have done it this way. So I think for now, the best way for you and her is give each other's time and and let her do what she thinks is right and and yeah. i know whatever she said could be hurtful and some of them may not be true but there's no point of arguing or fighting anymore and yeah i mean just let it be and she'll learn she'll she'll decide what's good for her and not it's one thing i would have loved to go away but one thing that i really really like I'm very fortunate and happy about in the way that I was forced to sort of deal with the situation is that, you know, going on tour, it kept me busy, but it also forced me to face my stage fright in a sense. And I did it without drinking and, and I did it in front of critics that were not fucking happy with me. No. And going into cities, seeing people hold up signs, seeing people, you know, in, in uh, that one uh, place in um, Pittsburgh, Michigan, oh, Michigan, where those people stood there with those signs all day and like put some signs on their windows and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like forced to handle that. But also talking with my therapist, I was able to take things and te- te- things that he said, advice. 
apply them in real time to real life situations and then be like, go back to them and be like, okay, this really helped me. Um, and then be like, but this actually didn't help me. So we could like change and, and focus on different things. But I was able to apply, you know, what we were working on in therapy to life in real time. And I think that was really important, staying here, facing it, right. being in it. You know, a couple of things that really hurt my feelings is her, you know, saying that she was alone through this. I mean, I cared and have always cared so deeply for her well-being throughout this whole situation. Like the day after the story broke, mm -hmm. we went to her apartment. This was literally the first time that anybody really had seen us like and not like knowing that we were like that we're in a thing yeah yeah we were very uncomfortable extremely uncomfortable like there were production lights everywhere we're shell-shocked like obviously the, our world's crumbling no we haven't slept so we kind of just like just sort of like started like pretending and like being like, like almost like acting like lovey-dovey yeah and it felt weird and gross like like i don't know it just felt like you know like making out with like your mistress at your wife's funeral like it's fucking gross we felt it was wrong we're like fuck this we're not filming anymore and she went to arizona the next day i stayed here because i was supposed to film winter house and then they were like well look we're not gonna let you film winter house unless you film with sheena and lisa and you start filming again so they dangled that carrot in front of me and so I filmed, so I'm sitting in LA by myself, nowhere to go, like nowhere to fucking go. And that's like when I like wasn't showering or anything. <laughs> um, I couldn't go back home. Anyways, uh, so like I ended up filming with uh, Sheena and Lisa and then Winter House ended up being like, well, no, there's no, there's no point in you going. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> um, that whole producer situation came about because, you know, for years I have put a lot of my own time and money back into the show. And I'm not talking about like for myself. I'm talking about for like the big picture, you know, the overall show to up the value of the show. Like to me, you know, it's like for her to come out and say like, you know, you were n never in love. It's like, so you came into a, you know, a relationship, you know, and you carried this on for this long and did all of this for a period of seven months and you didn't even love the, the person. <laughs> like that to me is, makes it so much worse. Everybody deal with their trauma. I would say this is a trauma, major trauma, very differently. You deal with it head on, sober, own it up or fight a little bit. And um, she dealt with it like to hide out, don't see the world, don't see other people. And everybody needs like their time. Even Ariana, her, 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 um, her to to like her whole aura like have changed a lot towards you. Like at the beginning, Ariana. she's yeah, she's like pretty like 
hateful towards you, and then now she's softened up quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, just the other day we were like, just the other day I was downstairs making dinner, and she came down into the kitchen, and she just she's got this like tower. This monolithic structure of uh, boxes, <laughs> and she just started going through them and like uh, stuff that she's been delivered. No eye contact. No eye contact. Okay, okay well, we're but we're just you know we're That's like sitting there, but we were there for like 10, 15 minutes. But she she does that today. She came downstairs. Billy was over. She like said what's up to Billy and like you know it's pretty. I mean, look like after being around you know in the same house for six months like coexisting. Yeah. Before all of these, you've never really get a platform to like your own platform to really say what you wanted to say, and this is like the perfect timing. There's often like when you when you try to apologize, they will shut you down. When you cry, they will say it's crocodile tears. When you use a certain words, they say you're not using the the correct words, and. Ariana doesn't want your apology. I talk to her; she's not ready for you to apologize, so she doesn't want to talk to you face to face. But regardless of all these, I actually think that this is finally for the first time. It's your own platform. Maybe you could give the audience in every in Ariana not like a closure, but the apology that. That you could use in your own words, at least. Do well, you I, I, what I, I, of, of course, of course, I do, and you know, it's been. <sighs> yes, yes, of course I do, and it, it, it's. It has been, such a learning, experience, you know, with going through everything and with what I did and and taking time to actually, see the. You know repercussions of my actions, and you know when you're in a scenario like that, and you're so emotionally wrapped up in your feelings, you you don't think logically, and you don't you you're just you're fucking selfish. Yeah, you're just you don't. It's like it's like a it's like a drug addict kind of like sort of behavior. You know you and. I think I was just so unhappy in my life, you know, with and, and very just <sighs> that I wasn't happy in the direction I was going. I felt trapped. I felt, and I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to handle it, um, and so I kind of just like rebelled in the worst way possible. And it was like exactly the opposite of what I wanted to do, but I ended up doing it inevitably. Um, And it sucks, and I'm sorry for all the people that I hurt in that process. And you know, I know now and can see the value of my connections and friendships. I appreciate them more now than ever. Um, you know, especially with you guys, and you know, obviously. Ariana was somebody that I did love very dearly, and you know, I would never ever want to hurt somebody like that, even like my worst enemy.、Um, but I think that's 
why sometimes you end up hurting those people you care about the most is because of your strong connection with them, you know? You say that there's a thin line between love and hate because it's the opposite of love isn't hate, it's like indifference, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely, definitely have learned a lot and I think that as I continue to learn and reflect on these situations, you know, all I can do is, is just try to be better. Thank you guys for joining us for our very first episode Woo! of Everybody Loves Everybody Tom. Everybody Loves Tom, come on. you know everybody does. Everybody Loves Tom. <laughs> yeah, something to say, say it to his face. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you guys can check out Cal's uh, website. It's calchandesign.com, correct? Correct. And uh, he's done jewelry for everyone from Lady Gaga to Little Nas X to... Mariah. Mariah did all the jewelry for La Lady La Gaga. Lady say Taylor Swift, yeah. Lady Gaga. Woo. Oh yeah, Mama the Taylor Lady. Swift, the long earrings you did. Uh, for Kama music videos. Yeah, Ooh. and then also if you're ever in LA, you gotta go check out his store. Yes. He has one of the most insane whiskey and liquor collections I've ever seen. Uh, far yeah, you can come take me. a look, you just can't drink it. What? <laughs> try a few. Um, he'll make you a cocktail, um, and of course you can get some amazing, beautiful jewelry, and uh, yeah, it's an awesome spot on 3rd Street, um, right in the heart of West Hollywood. Anyways guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you so much, Kyle. I really you. appreciate it. It's been an thank honor. You. Thank you, thank you. For more content, uh, join our Patreon. Check it out. We got lots of coming to you. Bye guys.